everybody catch that? Let me say it again. I'll say it louder. Anybody know what I just said? Hi. My name is Ben. Spell it. Merry Christmas. Let's see you do Merry Christmas. Let's just see you do that part. You can get that stuff later. So Merry is this, right? And Christmas is this. So one more time. So Merry Christmas. Isn't it sort of mesmerizing watching people who are good, not me, but watching, watching people who are good at sign language. You ever seen that? Like you, you go to an event or something like that and somebody's like over on the side and somebody may be talking, but then they're doing all these things and then you have this, this like a small group of people that maybe, you know, are hard of hearing or they're deaf and they're just engaged in what's going on and it's, it's just powerful. Now, you know, many of us, we don't struggle with being unable to hear. Some of us do, but um, I kind of feel sometimes I need to get a little hearing aid, but that's just me getting older. But like, you know, people who are deaf, that's got to, that must have really opened up a lot for them. Once you get to learn sign language, now it's like you have this open uh, sense of communication between two people where before you couldn't. And I, I, I got to believe that's going to, that's got to enhance their life just a little bit. But those are important because people need to be able to communicate, and we need to hear messages. We need to be able to understand messages from each other. It kind of makes me wonder. Here we are, planet Earth, you know, almost to the end of 2019. We are in a busy, noisy culture. Things going on all the time. New shows to stream. we got to catch up with those. There's news out there and fake news and what's going on in politics and what's happening in our country and just all these things are clamoring for our attention all the time. And it just feels noisy. And I wonder if sometimes in all of that, God is still trying to communicate to you and I and we either can't hear him or we're not listening. We're missing the message he's trying to send to us. We're missing something that he's wanting to say to you and to me because we've just got so much going on. We're like deaf to what God is trying to say to us. You see, God's been trying to communicate to humans for a long, long time. And and when we get to Christmas time, we we call it Advent. We call it the Christmas season God, in all the different ways he tried to communicate to humanity, finally was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to go down there. I'm going to put on flesh, and I'm going to walk and teach them exactly my will, my plan for them, and ultimately to show them how much they are loved. That's the, the beauty of the whole Advent season. That is the miracle of Christmas, is Jesus himself. We've been in this series now, this is week two of of Adventful, and the hope is this will help each of us kind of get into this uh, Christmas season and and be full of those things we really want in life. Not full of every material item we could find, but full of joy and actual peace and and, and the anticipation of what God is trying to do. We want to reawaken the miracle of Christmas rather than just being so busy. 
And if you hear last weekend, we talked about this idea of the miracle of the moment and, and how we really need to seize those moments. And the way to do that is to slow down, to slow down a little bit, ratchet it down, downshift. We get to running so fast that I think we miss the moments. And so we talked about last week, hey, downshifting, unplugging, actually living in those moments, you know, being present for your family, being there with them so that we're not all just staring at screens all the time, right? Screens are good, but they can be a, a bad thing too. Slowing down, taking those moments. And today we're going to talk about the miracle of the message. One more time. Are you ready? Mary. All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for the miracle of Christmas. We thank you for the fact that you love us so much and you've been trying to communicate to us. Lord, I pray in this season, Lord, there may be messages you're trying to get to us. I pray that each of us would be listening and paying attention, slowing down so that we could hear from you because you have wonderful things you want to say to us. So, Father, help us to be receptive to that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 1. We studied this book several months ago, and uh, this is the the beginning of of the book of Hebrews. If you've never read this, this is pretty powerful stuff. You see, God loves us so much that he's been desperately wanting to, to, to communicate and reveal himself to us over history, over time, revealing to us a couple things. One, that he loves us so much. He's our God and he's our Father. And he's got things he wants us to accomplish in this life. And he's been trying to communicate that over and over. And look, God could have continued to send more prophets and more carved stones. And maybe uh, he could have sent, you know, a blogger or two or sent some text messages. But ultimately, God, when he wanted to fully, completely reveal everything to us, he did it by coming and being born into humanity, into flesh. God putting on flesh and walking among us. Long ago, this is Hebrews 1, 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Isn't that cool? Have you ever read that before? When the Son came, this is God's revealed message. In Christ, that's the miracle of the message. God sent Christ into human history. We celebrate that, you know, every Christmas. And, and you know, even people who aren't that religious kind of, they know a little bit about the story. You know, they're not completely foreign to it. Even if they don't go to church or anything, they're at least a little bit familiar in our culture with some of the story. I mean, look, even Talladega Nights, they knew a little bit of the story, albeit it was weird. But anyway, people in our culture kind of know a little bit of this story. That we, we, we celebrate Christ in history. God has been speaking, but in Christ, he, he came in the flesh and said, here's what's the deal, folks. And of course, he took care of our sin. All of that is revealed in, in what we call the Christmas season. So I want to talk about two things today. Number one, God speaks through history. God still speaks through history. He's been speaking in a number of ways. He revealed himself through creation. You see the complexity of the world. 
In fact, last night we were, we were downtown doing this Cocoa event, and we, we got into this conversation about, you know, how Genesis works, and how, I don't even know how we got into this conversation. You know, that's one of those sticky questions, right? How does that, how does creation work, and what about evolution, and all these different things. I mean, okay, we're, so we're going to have this conversation over a little cup of cocoa right here downtown. But we started having this conversation, and one of the things that I think is so amazing about how those early chapters of Genesis are laid out, it's very interesting that it seemed like there was an intentionality to the seasons and times and the ways that God was creating everything. And it culminated in humanity. God reveals himself in some of that if we're paying attention. And he made things so amazing and complicated and the human eyeball, can you even explain how that works? It's amazing what God has done. So he's revealed himself through creation, every sunrise and sunset. I, I do this devotional every day, and it's, uh, 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 Lord, may my soul rise to you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. That's how I start my time with the Lord. Just this idea of let my soul rise up to you as the day rises to meet the sun. God's been revealing himself in these beautiful things. We see him, and we're like, oh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing, these things that we see. God's been speaking. And when we see the moon and the stars, we realize the vastness of how God is. Have you sat at the beach lately and just stared at the ocean? You know how much water's out there? Just the vastness of it. And there's creatures in there that, you know, many of us have never even seen, like at the bottom of the ocean. Why did God put those there? We're not going to see them. He spun universes and all these things out there. Like our, our, our farthest telescopes are just now getting some of that data in. Getting some of these, have you seen some of the photos that NASA's getting from these far off satellites? He's created these things that like for most of human history, we didn't even know were out there. God has been revealing himself in creation over and if we're, if we're paying attention. But I love what, uh, what Paul, uh, he was an early church a leader. Paul wrote this in one of his letters to the Romans, Romans chapter 1, starting with verse 19. Listen to what, what Paul wrote. For, for what, what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes. Namely, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. God has been speaking and spoken really profoundly through his creation. And we're just still discovering things all the time. But God has spoken in a number of ways. If you're, if you're familiar with scripture, here's just a highlight reel of all the different ways that God has been communicating to us. I mean, he talked to Moses in a what? Anybody remember that? What, how did he speak to Moses? Remember that when he first calls him? There was like this, some kind of a bush thing, and it was on fire, but it wasn't burning up. Moses being the smart, you know, scientific guy that he is, he's realizing this is not burning up. There must be something different here. And God spoke to him. Do you remember what God said to him? What, take your shoes off? You know, this is holy ground. Moses is like, I walk on this ground every day. I don't know how this could be. But the burning bush, God spoke through a burning bush. He spoke through uh, smoke and fire later for the nation of Israel. Through smoke and fire. And sometimes the people were afraid because of how amazing and probably crazy his voice sounded. You ever wonder what God's voice sounds like, as I do? Like, what is it, if God spoke to us, spoke to you right now, what sort of voice are you hearing in your head? James Earl Jones? You know, Sam Elliott. You know what I'm saying, Sam Elliott? You know what I'm talking about, that guy? Come on, he's like, he lives in Oregon, doesn't he? 
Who do you hear when you think of God's voice? But sometimes he spoke in like big thunderous ways. How about Elijah? Spoke to him in a still small voice. Or, or maybe Isaiah, who had a vision of the temple. Or, or, or to Hosea. God spoke through some really crazy circumstances in Hosea's life. If you've ever read that, that book is a little bit, you know, hard to like get through what God calls Hosea to do. But God spoke through even family situations and in, in, in the examples there. God spoke, you know, to, to, to Amos in a basket of, of summer fruit. He spoke to Jeremiah through potter's clay, to Joseph through dreams. And if you're keeping track, he also spoke through a donkey. So there you go. God has been speaking in all these different ways, through visions and dreams, through angels. God has been trying to communicate things to us. And so often I just think we're so busy or distracted or not listening, we miss his message. And my hope is that this could be an encouragement for all of us to be listening to what God is saying, to give God space to talk to us. Sometimes when we pray, and this is a discipline I'm working on, this is super hard for me, is to be quiet. Anybody ever try to do that for a long period of time? Like, and some of you, you know, you've been following Jesus for a while, and you know, prayer is an important thing. This is how we're talking to God. But it seems like how we treat prayer is like a one-sided conversation. And some of us that are type A, um, we'll even show up to the meeting with a to-do list for God. You ever wonder what God's thinking there? He's like, oh, okay. I created the universe, but I'm going to need to have a to-do list from you, a little human, so you could tell me what to do. Why do we approach prayer like that? Listening to what God is saying requires what? Right? Who's, who's good at that? I struggle with that. Sometimes when I sit and I get down on my knees in prayer, and sometimes I literally get on my knees because I need to remind myself what I'm doing. And it takes me 15 minutes sometimes to clear my head. Listening to, this is, this is I think, part of our problem in Western culture. We just, we're not very good at contemplating, being quiet. I think that's why yoga took off so much. I don't know how you feel about yoga. Okay, we get into that debate, send me a bad email, whatever. But yoga, at least in one way, is kind of like slowing down, right? Stretching, actually contemplating, giving space for God to speak. God has been speaking. He's been speaking through all these ways, making himself known. But even with all the ways in Scripture that God spoke, it was basically incomplete. It was incomplete. As you know, if, you've been, if you're familiar with the Scripture, we have an Old Testament and a New Testament. And the Old Testament's largely about this nation, the people of God, the Israelites, and that was a sordid tale, and, and then we don't have time to cover all that. But the Old Testament part was about Israel, and, was, and at the end of that, it was kind of preparing the people that one day there would be a king, a Messiah, and he's going he's gonna to make things right. He was going to bring God's kingdom, and it was going to be fulfillment. But So the people heard that, and then largely for several hundred years, they didn't hear much from God. Now, we call this kind of the intertestamental period or whatever between the Old Testament, which is the last book was Malachi. Last word of the Old Testament is like curse. Great. That's a great way to end it. So we have the end of the Old Testament, but the people are waiting for this Messiah. And then largely not a whole lot of communication. There, there were some, God was still doing things. It wasn't like God just like left the planet for a while. He was still doing things between the Old and New Testament. I heard somebody say that the other day. No, God is still involved. But there wasn't any major prophet or anything until... 
this weird guy named John the Baptist who eats bugs starts talking about a Messiah. And he said, there's going to be one coming that I'm not even worthy to touch his Birkenstocks. And this John the Baptist gives that first hint of the Messiah is finally coming. But the people have been waiting and waiting and waiting for a long time. Yes, God had been speaking through history, but it was incomplete. And then came Jesus. Then came into human history Jesus. We learned last week, Galatians 4.4, at the right time, Jesus came into human history. At just the right moment. We talked about that, right? That he came at a time when you could travel safely throughout the Roman Empire. That for once there was like soldiers guarding the way, so you could actually travel. And then they had one common language. And so it was perfect timing for the, for the message of Jesus to hit the entire known world. And so he came at the right time. So God spoke through history, but God speaks through Christ. At the right time, God sent him to bring the message, revealed him in a, in a baby who grew, and then had a short three-year tumultuous ministry that ended in a, a rough way, but it was all God's plan to take care of our sin. But in Christ, God is speaking the final word. It's the complete message. Jesus is God's message to us. And it's not just his words to us. Jesus is the message. He, he personally is the message. The, the, the scriptures talk about him being, you know, the, the, the God, the God put on flesh, walked among us. We have seen him, the logos, the God's final word. And Jesus not only brought the message, but he is the message. Listen to that Hebrews 1, 3 verse one more time. See, Jesus came to reveal God's heart. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the message. He is the final word. And many missed him. But he is God's ultimate revealed word. John 1. I love this passage. If you're familiar with the biographies of Jesus, we call them the Gospels. right? But if you think about it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the first four books of, of the New Testament section of the Bible. Those are almost like the Jesus biographies. right? And one of them, in John, one of my favorites is John. John 1 describes Jesus. He says, The word became flesh and lived among us. If we want to know all of God's will, if we want to know everything revealed about God, we look to Jesus. In fact, there was one time where one of Jesus' you know, close friends, we call them the disciples, but one of his friends, Philip, um, we were having a conversation, and, 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 uh, and Philip asked Jesus, hey, show us the Father, you know, I don't know how the rest of the temperature of the room was at that point. I don't know exactly when it was in the ministry, but I got to wonder if some of the other guys in the room were like, are you kidding me? He's been telling us for like three years. But no, Philip wanted to know, hey, Jesus, show us the Father. And do you know what Jesus told him? Whoever's seen me has seen the Father. We want to know God's will, his revealed will. We look at Jesus. The one, here's what John 14, this is the actual thing that Jesus said, John 14, 9. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. 
you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The word became flesh and walked among us. It was God's final word. Now, let's bring this to, to our time for a bit. We are, once again, in a, in a pretty noisy culture. Lots going on. You know, there's this whole syndrome now. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called FOMO. Anybody ever heard FOMO? Fear of missing out. So if you didn't know that we have kind of a noisy culture, that's a real thing. They're talking about now kids are having anxiety over, over things like what they're missing. There's so much going on, you know. Now, I'm going to sound old for a second, but I do remember before we had devices on us all the time. I remember when a pager was annoying. Uh, young people in the room, a pager wasn't like these current devices. It kind of like gave you a little beep or a vibrate, and then it had a number on it, and you'd have to find a phone, you know, and, and call. It was, it, was, it was a pain in the butt, yes. But there was a time when we didn't have all these things dinging at us all the time. In fact, I, I, I read an article uh, that was in uh, one of the magazines that I get. I think it was Time or something. And it was talking about how uh, what, what business is trying to do now for their employees is to actually uh, have them do things like turning off notifications on your device so it's not dinging at you all the time. And they're trying to even like restrict when you can get email because they've found that we are so distracted. And what happens is you, you can get in the zone on something and you get a, a ding or an email or whatever and now you, you stop whatever the thing you were actually supposed to be at work for and you're doing whatever it is and then it takes you so long to get back on track. And so they're losing, literally losing productivity because of all these dings and ding, you got to check this and there's text coming in and uh, they're starting to have to crack down on that. But we're living in a time where we have an anxiety called fear of missing out. So, so noisy all the time. We get messages all the time. And some of the messages that we get are good. You know, I'm pregnant. I think it's a pretty good one. Well, okay, depending on the situation. But generally, that should be a good thing. You know, uh, you're hired. That's a, good, that's a good message to get. Uh, those are, those are good, good things. We get these messages all the time. But, of course, we get other messages. And sometimes the messages that we receive are life-altering. It's cancer. I can't do this anymore. This is not what I signed up for. We got to let you go. These are tough messages, right? We get messages all the time. Some messages we don't want to. We don't want to get. All the time, there's these messages. Yet, in the midst of all the messages we get, God is still trying to communicate to us. He wants to reveal his heart to you. He wants to reveal his heart to me. His heart that says, I love you, no matter what. You can't, you can't escape from the depths of God's love. Romans 8 talks about, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. That is a good thing to hear, but so often we're not hearing that message enough. That God loves us more than we could possibly imagine, even though you know this, you and I are more sinful than we even want to recognize, right? God wants that message to be heard. I love you. I am in your corner. God is still speaking. His love and his mercy. 
fact, the Psalms talk about it. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. You know, when you get up tomorrow morning and God blesses you with the fact that you can open your eyes and get up out of bed. If you're blessed with one more day, you can say, thank you, God, that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Start with gratefulness. God is still talking to us. Nothing can separate us from his love. And he would like us to extend his love to other people as much as we can. I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday, and uh, I was talking, he was asking where our church was or whatever, and I said, well, our building is, you know, across from the hospital, and, and right away he's like, well, I want to talk to you more about, he like got my phone number, like right there, I, I, that doesn't happen very often, uh, but, you know, I don't know where he's at on the spiritual level, but uh, it was kind of jarring for a second, because sometimes we're not, at, we don't expect people want to hear something. We don't, it's almost like we don't live with the expectation there are people around us that would really like some hope right now. And we're sitting on some great hope, but we don't talk about it. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. It's, it's so, so it shouldn't surprise me, but we have some great news that God loves people, and they need to hear that. Man, that's, that's his mercies are new. Nothing is separated from the love of God in Christ. The Proverbs tell us, trust in the Lord and with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In the midst of all the messages, God is still speaking to us. And he's saying, I love you. He's saying, I love you. Mm. In the midst of all the, the bitter messages and, and the difficult messages, he, he's whispering to us, if we could hear him. He's whispering, forgive those who mistreat you. And, and when, the, when the happy messages come, you know, he's whispering in, our, in, our, in our, our, our heart of hearts, rejoice and be glad. The miracle of Christmas is the miracle of Jesus Christ. He is the message and he is everything that God wanted to reveal to us. In Christ, our God and our Father loves us so much. He would do anything for us. Are you listening? And for most of us, we... We decided, yeah, we want to be with Jesus. We've, we decided to follow Jesus a while ago, and we struggle, but we're still following Jesus because we want to be as close to him as possible. And if you've never accepted that love, you could do that today. Don't, don't let another Christmas go by without saying yes to Jesus. It's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. But the miracle of Christmas is Jesus. And, you know, many of us can attest to the fact that the minute we said yes to Jesus, everything began to change. And it wasn't always in the big changes, but it was the little things that begin to change. And he's working on us. God's got a long game for many of us, you know. Sometimes we look at the short game way too often, you know, that we see our failures and we're like, oh, we're messed up again, doggone it. Well, God's looking at the long game for us. He's building us for new, new heavens and new earth one day. And he's got the long game. So here's my only point today. In this season where we've got all kinds of messages being thrown at us, May we pause and be transformed by the power of God's love. Be transformed by that message. Let that resonate more than any other message, that you are so deeply loved. And we, as Christ followers, we, we have ways that we can, 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 uh, can participate in being transformed by the power of God's love. You know, certainly we decide to follow him, but then live as a follower of Christ. We're, we're seeking him through, through prayer, uh, through, through scripture, 
getting that into our hearts and memorizing some of that. I know that sounds old school, but memorizing those scriptures. Many times I end my prayer time with scriptures that I've memorized even back when I was a kid. Father, remind me that you can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Remind me that there's no temptation that's overtaking me. That's not common to man for God. God, you're faithful. And you're not going to let me be tempted beyond what I can, and can stand. And, and when I am tempted, you're going to provide an escape. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Those are the things that we get in. And that's how we live as followers of Christ. Those are part of our, the way we talk, the way we think. Those are in our minds. Scripture, being with his people, these gatherings are important. It's eyeball to eyeball, handshake to handshake. We live and work together to follow Jesus. I want to quote, quote our friend Paul again real quick. Paul, he could be our friend. Early church leader, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. But listen to what he says in 12, 1 and 2. So chapter 12 of Romans. To live no longer conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by a mind renewed by, by God's Holy Spirit living in us to accomplish his will. Being transformed by the power of God. And that may mean that we need to downshift, slow down, spend that time, make it a priority to grow close to Christ and be transformed by the power of God's love. Jesus is the complete, is the complete message. God spoke in lots of ways. We, co we covered a lot of them. He spoke in all kinds of ways, but they were incomplete until Jesus came. And in Jesus, everything was made complete. And Christmas is the celebration of that message. You know, when people ask you, you know, why are you still doing this whole Christmas thing? Why are you still doing the church thing? You know what our answer should be every time? I'm still amazed by Jesus. Yeah, there's lots of things we could argue about, religion and science and politics. Okay, that's all fine and good. But why are you a follower of Christ? I think our only answer is because we're still fascinated by Jesus. Just fascinated by Jesus. I want to grow closer to him. I want to be more walking in line with him. Walking in step with the Holy Spirit is how the scriptures talk about it. See, he's the greatest message ever. Emmanuel means what? God with us. In relationship with us. That's a beautiful thing. Jesus came to proclaim freedom. Freedom from sin slavery. Why would he do that? Because he wanted us to know how very much he loves us. That's why he went to the cross. He endured the cross, the scriptures say, with joy set before him because of how much he loves us. He wants us, you and me, to be transformed by his love, even in this busy season. So let's do what I've been saying. Let's pause and, uh, and, and go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Father, I pray your blessing over everybody here. Father, may you do your work through us. And Father, help us to be transformed by your great love for us. Father, we celebrate that Jesus is the ultimate final word, and it's, it's because of him that we're here. And so, Lord, help us to have hearts that are softened to your Holy Spirit, helping us to bring your love to the people around us. Father, thank you for revealing the depths that you went through to communicate your message to us in a way that we could understand. That message, the final word is Jesus, and we pray this in his name. Amen.